Hello everyone and welcome to the latest podcast here at Chronicle Towers um, about Newcastle United. You join us a very gloomy and dark day over the city which seems very fitting given where the football club is at the moment after Saturday's consecutive 4-0 defeat at Southampton. Young Andy Fowler joins us, Mark Douglas and Lee Ryder who was sitting beside me, Neil Cameron. At St Mary's in the very same seats, Lee, that we were in, in at the end of March. Um, people, I think, think we enjoy giving the club a kick and we don't. We want to see them do well. I think everyone sitting around this table wants that. They're bottom of the Premier League at the moment, too. I won't go through all the stats because they are depressing. Uh, you've been watching Newcastle United probably for longer than you can remember. Yeah. Um, where does it, At this moment in time, where does this sit in how bad things have been? Well, I actually wrote in my column today saying it was the one of the most toothless performances I've seen uh, in like a lifetime of watching the club. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not exaggerating it. Yes, there was bad days in the old second division, getting beat at places like Southend, 4-0, <laughs> uh, getting stuffed off, off teams like Charlton, Bristol City, all that sort of stuff. But this is a team of international footballers. Um, it's not like the second division days. It's not a comparable situation. So, yeah, deeply disappointing. The worst thing about it was it was just gutless, spineless. They didn't seem to want to know. They'd done a little huddle before the game and 36, 30 seconds later, <laughs> they were, um, you know... Should have been one now down. Should have been one now down, charging a back pass down. was um, from... From Colaccini and, and then you know six minutes one nil down ninety minutes two nil down it's not good enough and uh, I think the fans made the feelings known and and you cannot blame them. Mark, team the players not playing for the manager are they? No, they've completely uh, they've completely given up. I think it, it, I don't think they they have the amount of belief in the manager that they used to. Um, I think the new players coming in was meant to refresh this squad. It was meant to be pressing the reset button on Alan Pardew's tenure, but it just feels like the same problems from last year. It, and you have to ask, is it a problem of tactics? Is it a problem of philosophy? Is it a problem of system? And then you come down to one man because at the end of the day, really, Newcastle United haven't lost, although they've lost Kabai, so they're no longer the kind of team that were, were soaring at Christmas. They've not lost enough to have, um, have, have been in such a terminal decline that they've been. It has to be down to one man, unfortunately. And, you know, you don't... You don't revel in seeing Alan Pardew, you know, getting such personal abuse, but I do think he's brought quite quite a bit of it on himself, and I do think that, you know, there has to come a time when responsibility has to be taken, and and, and Alan Pardew probably has to take responsibility for a lot of what's gone wrong in uh, 2014. I'll put my hands up. I didn't think it would. I didn't think they signed enough players. I think I'm not being a genius. There. I think we all thought that, and a couple of injuries as has happened would really hurt them as it, as it has happened. I never thought for a moment it would be as bad as this. Andy, do you think this has taken the supporters? by surprise or other some out there who were expecting this because an awful lot of players have left in 2014 and they haven't been replaced yeah I, I don't think it's come as a surprise to every, to anybody you know over the weekend we were in the office um, myself and Mark and we were looking at what the fans were saying there was a, a lot of, a lot of comments just simply saying that the players haven't been replaced now they're getting found out um, and one or two injuries here, here and there, and the squad is back to how it was before they made any signings. So, um, no, I don't think it's come as a surprise. And the fans have been having their say on, on Twitter, Facebook, on our sites, replying to you guys. Um, and it is very much the theme of 
wrong man in charge and not enough personnel in, personnel in the right areas. Lee, he can't really come back from this, can't he? No, I mean, the game, and he never got uh, Alan Pardew, I'm talking about, of course. I he didn't even come D- David Blaine. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, <laughs> and even they would struggle just now. He never got off the bench on Saturday, didn't he? No, probably knowing what kind of research he was going to get. That's going to happen at the whole game on Saturday. Is with the, I just can't see how he gets over this. It just For me, it just looked on Saturday like he'd thrown the towel in. He didn't really care what was going on anymore. He sat down and went, well, if you're not going to play for me, fine, I'll wait to pick up my compensation, um, which seems to be the, the, the key word of the day. And that, that's why he still appears to be manager of the football club because he doesn't want to resign or he loses money. So the only way out is, is part uh, Ashley to sack him, get some money, and then he walks away a rich man. So it's a very complex situation and... Sadly, the fans are the ones who've got to pick the pieces up. Yeah, yeah. Again, I mean, I I, I agree with Lee there, uh, and I agree with earlier what you said, Mark, about Alan Pardew. Um, for all, any talent that he's got as a coach or manager, simply not working right now. Players have got to take some responsibility as well, and I think we we don't give them a pass, but we're always I don't know why, you know, and say us, I mean the media, supporters mm. as well, a little bit softer on them. But I was there on Saturday. You watched the game. You were watching Newcastle now for a while. The players aren't good enough, some mm. of them, and also the ones who are good enough aren't playing well enough. Yeah, I think there's, I think there's definitely a point. That the players are getting, the players are easily shifting the blame to the manager. I don't think that they're showing. I don't think enough of them are showing enough metal um, and enough character really to stand up for their manager. It's very easy at the moment. They know. I think cynically, those players know that the manager is under so much pressure that whatever happens, he's, he's the one who's going to get it in the neck. But there's a fair few of them there who, who have made very big noises, really, I think, behind the scenes about what they want to happen, in particular for Richard Colaccini, when you look at the piece Lee wrote last week about mm. Hatton Banafa, Colaccini's made demands. He's not backing up with performances. There's not enough leaders in there. There's international footballers throughout that team. They are not playing well enough. And I think that if a new manager comes in, a new manager will probably come in and sort them out. I think one of the problems that Alan Pardew's had finally is that he's been too enthralled of the senior players. Mm. He has That is for a long time. I think he's been far too enthralled. He's backed them through thick and thin. He's thought, well, they will perform for me. And they haven't. He had one or two who did, but these players are not performing for them now. And they will come at you in a second, but I want to go to you, Lee, because... Something Mark mentioned there, and I was going to ask you about this, the lack of leadership. Now, I think that's something two of us discussed on Saturday as the, mm-hmm. as the third goal went in and everyone just kind of standing looking at the sky. Being a captain takes a bit more about tossing the coin, doesn't it? Not, um, And he's not doing it, Colaccini, and there's no one else standing up. And once that first goal, that, for this my take on it, once that first goal went in, utterly no way Newcastle United were getting anything from that game. No, it was, it was really bad it was a capitulation, if anything. The Colaccini thing, I observed the captain uh, quite carefully on, on Saturday and head went down after the first goal, head went down after the second, third one went in and it was a couple of claps like that to try and G the team up. Mm. It's not going to work. Nah, I not mean, good enough, isn't it? No, nah, I think when Alan Shearer was captain, obviously he was England captain as well, and when there was issues with people like Dyer, Jenis, Bellamy... They were quickly brought back in a line. Then were told that's not good enough for this football club, uh, and they were kind of made an example of. Um, they probably got a bit more stick than other young players at the time because they were so talented. But there was a there was a line, and you couldn't go across it. And Alan Shearer was always quick to, as I say, bring them back in a line uh, and, and give them a ticking off when needed. But 
that seems a long time ago at the not moment. Happening, no, no, isn't I, it? I, not. Don't, I don't think. Well, I, Colaccini for me as a captain, you, he's not very vocal. He doesn't like doing the press. I think if um, my players, if I was a captain and my players were getting slaughtered in the media, I'd be out there backing them up a bit. Just walking through mix zones, heads down, doesn't want to do anything. Shearer so. used to do that, didn't he, Lee? Yeah. Shearer used to used to front up. Yeah. Yeah, he even asked my question once I said, Are you going to join Celtic? <laughs> you should have seen the look at the face that he gave me. <laughs> it was the nicest knockback I've ever had. <laughs> Andy, on the twenty seven zillion pound question, who's going to score goals for Newcastle United? Well, I wish I'd I wish I'd spend that twenty seven million <laughs> on a striker because ultimately that's who we're looking at and that's who they don't have. Sim Dion comes in. He now gets himself injured. They were they were looking at him behind the front man. You'd, I'd like to say Cabela's going to do something special. I still haven't seen him do anything special. Um, what about Riviere? I mean, he's the one playing. Well, up front, I mean, isn't he? We've spoken about this before, and Lee Lee mentions it quite a lot. And it's about the service. Cisse up top wasn't getting the service when he before he was injured. And if the service isn't isn't good enough into him, he isn't going to score. He do, He has had a few chances. He scored in pre-season. Yeah, they had a few chances. And he had a, not a lot. Exactly. He's had a few chances and unfortunately he hasn't taken them. You know, if he gets the same chances again, he might He might then put him in the back of the net. But at the moment, he needs that He needs that one to then kick-start, but I still can't see him scoring that many. Mark, the guy called Pelly, <laughs> brilliant, who scored two goals. He's actually a good player. I'd never seen him before. You've got to be a good player if you call You've Pelly. You've got to be, player. haven't you? You know, you can get away with <laughs> it. Yeah, my name's Dave Zico. I'm not very good at football. <laughs> but he cost, I think, £8 million. He was 20, 29 years of old, and Southampton got a bit of money, as did Newcastle. Why did a club like Southampton look at a guy and go, OK, He's, he's at the peakiest person, not going to get much money back for him, and it's quite a bit of money. They say, we've got to go and spend that and that kind of guy to score goals in the Premier League. Well, Newcastle say, we'll get the guy who was second, third choice at Monaco, or a guy from Shakhtar Donetsk, who's only once getting double digits in his entire career. Yeah. I think I think the, the simple answer is it, it's, it's a budgetary thing. You know, Newcastle have had a fair bit of success bringing in players at the age of 21, 22, even 23, 24, 25, whatever, selling them on, you know, but the, you know that there's not much of a sell-on value over 25. The problem is that it's very easy to do that with right-backs, even central midfielders, even kind of left but strikers cost the big yeah, money. Yeah, that's a good point. And yeah. Newcastle United will not pay that big money. They haven't paid more than £10 million. They were at pains to tell us all that they'd, they'd nicked Remy Cabello on the cheap. They will not pay that big money for the striker, and that's why they get found out. That's why, consistently, the one player that Graham Carr really hasn't been able to bring in in terms of like the, the players he's recommended has been a striker because... You know, you can't buy strikers on the cheap. You can't do it. Oh, you can. They won't score your goals. Yeah, precisely. Uh, but before we go, we need to, we'll look ahead to Saturday. Um, Lee, you've been to St James's Park probably 17,500 times in your life. Have you ever known a game such as this one? And let's be brutally honest about it. There's a lot of supporters will be going there hoping their team lose. I don't know whether maybe deep down they don't, and once it all begins, you know, and somebody has a shot and they all get into it, but there's people want to go to the game, and I think that's really sad, actually. I think there may be some people, I, I, I don't know how many, there will be, you know, one or two that will want party to go and they want something to happen that, that gets rid of them. Um, but most fans will want to see the team put in a performance, you know, they've yeah, got, they're going up there, they want to see passion, they want to see players getting stuck in. They want to see a bit of entertainment. And they just want to see the badge and the shirt represented properly. And that hasn't been happening. So I've been to games before where 
it's been tense, but this is definitely going to be one of the the most tense. I would say, I think, the whole City game when Keegan uh, resigned, he walked out back in 2008, that was pretty hostile. Yeah. There's been nothing as hostile since. Um, even the day there was the protest march of the City, it didn't really... Filter into the no, because that, that was the Liverpool game, which was a cracking game of memory. Yeah. So we all really, really get into that. Yeah. I've, n- I've never known a game that isn't a much win. It's a, it's a, it's a cliche we all use in newspapers, Mark. But my God, <laughs> this yeah. is a must win game for Alan Bardo. And even yeah. then, it, was, it might not be enough. I think, I think a win will, a win will buy him the ability to at least get out of the dugout while, while the game's going on if it's a close game Newcastle playing well he'll at least be able to come out of the dugout I think, a lot that's the stage with yeah, that isn't it and I think he'll then be able to appear in front of the press which obviously he didn't do on Saturday having said that they won against Cardiff and it, which was the last time that he couldn't do this and the last time people were booing him I just think it's gone a little bit too far I, I'm not sure what the positive situation is now it would take a run of wins I think yeah, it would take four it, or five it, it wouldn't just take that it'd take a run of wins over ten games or a run of undefeated beating some of the big guys and we'll just round this up going round the guys Lee the thing is that doesn't really there's no hint that that's about to happen isn't there not? no it's it's almost like you know the team were in training today um, is it rearranging the, the deck chairs yeah. on the Titanic so to speak I can't see where the next win's coming from to be totally honest so sorry I can't help you with that answer too much more and if you want to ring the Samaritans <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> no well Andy before we go I mean one thing I was also going to ask you about is I think I asked you where the goals are going to come from they could have Alan Shearer on his prime it doesn't really matter if you're gifting four goals three goals at Palace you know I think they've lost four t- 2014 nine times three goals or more yeah and that's and that's the problem. Uh, you know, uh, a footballing magazine, a famous footballing magazine, looked at Barcelona and said, "You score, you score four. Mm. We'll score ten with their their price." What the problem is? If Newcastle do score one, they look like they're going to ship goals. Um, it's the same as Southampton. They also don't have the cover in, in the back four. If someone gets sent off, gets goes down injured, which is a massive problem. And I can see Hull scoring at, at the weekend. Um, so, well, that, that's the that's the thing, Mark. You always think in Newcastle these days, if they're going to win a game, they're going to have to score a couple of goals, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah and, and they don't look like they're going to score goals. They don't look like they're going to keep them out. The bigger worry as well is the capitulations. You know, the mm. threes of fours is 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 a real troubling thing. You know, you're stuck there nine nine times, three four um, uh, four four now. Yeah. Southampton wanted Man U, wanted yeah. Tottenham. It's wiped out. I mean, I I actually thought Saturday might be the the touchstone, you know, if it went well, and possibly, you know, you're looking at maybe buying a bit of time, but that's just wiped it out. The method of the the, the performance was so bad, you know, worrying times. And just before we go, Lee, is Alan Pardew going to be in the dugout on Saturday? Well, I would say so, unless you can, they can come up with a, a, a compensation package for him. So the only way I can see him not being in the dugout is if he resigns, or they can come to some agreement. Uh, otherwise, he's going to have to face the music. Gentlemen, thanks very much. Hopefully, we'll speak to you again at the end of the week and hopefully we'll all be in much better moods. But I wouldn't put the mortgage on it. (laughs) 